This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, February 9th, the after-school squabbling edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's 8, and Teddy, who's 6. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer and contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column on Fridays. I have a daughter, Naima. She's nine and three quarters, and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Zach Rosen. I make a different show. It's called The Best Advice Show, and I live in Detroit with my family. My oldest, Noah, is five, and my youngest, Ami, is two. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the hardest parts of the day, the period between after school and dinner. We'll be helping a dad whose kids can't keep it together after school and end up squabbling more often than not. We, of course, will also talk about our parenting triumphs and fails of the week. And if you're sticking around for Slate Plus, we're going to be talking about the new rules of the road for parenting etiquette. Here's what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. I thought that 120 was kind of messed up. Even when a kid's party says no gifts, you're supposed to bring a gift. Agreed. Because, like, people are very serious about that, you know, and I've encountered enough of them. We've encountered enough of them through the podcast and through care and feeding and, like, on the Facebook wall. Like, you would think it's not a big deal, but, like, there are people that are really hardcore about, like, no, we don't want this child being showered with gifts. And it just seems really obnoxious. Yeah, respect their wish. And I do, I prefer when, you know, folks say gifts aren't necessary. You know what I mean? Like it gives you the option if you really, really want to do something for them. And you also run the risk of like, they might not give it to the kid. So now Mm -hmm. you might be putting this child through, you know, having to see it and know that they're not going to receive it. Why would they write that? It's not, it's not performative when when we're saying (laughs) we don't want gifts. gifts. It's like, no, we don't want any more shit in our house. As a Slate Plus member, you'll get a whole bonus segment from us each week, zero ads on any Slate podcast, and you get unlimited access to the Slate website. Plus, it truly is the best way to support our show. So I hope you'll join us if you can. You can sign up for Slate Plus now at slate.com slash plus. Okay, we're going to dive into our week in parenting, but not before a quick break. See you back here in a second. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Zach, 
what's going on with you and the family this week? So I have two connected things, um, one of which is going to prompt a question I have for the two of you. But um, the main thing is that for the last many years, I've been feeling like weekends are fucked. Like, I don't like weekends. I'm not looking Mm -hmm. forward to them. It's like weekends aren't what they used to be before kids, right? Weekends are work. Weekends are planning. Weekends are logistic. Weekends are not restful, right? Mm -hmm. But just recently, you know, my kids are five and a half and two and a half. Weekends are starting to feel kind of nice. And I'm really excited about that. There is some some peace and equanimity in the house. There is, um, you know, the kids are sleeping decent. I'm actually like excited to like do my Saturday morning ritual of making pancakes. And like, even like the kids activities, like we went to this really nice Tubishvat. Um, Tubishvat is the Jewish holiday, uh, basically celebrating the trees. Uh, we went to like a, a community Tubishvat celebration this weekend and it was so nice. Whereas like, I don't know, there have been times past where where that kind of felt obligatory and and not fun. I've been I've been enjoying myself, and it makes me think of this moment that happened last week. We were watching my nephew's basketball game. He's in middle school. I was just like running around with Ami in the in the hallway of the school where the game was, because uh, he's not just going to sit in the bleachers for the whole time. And we were playing with a ball, which I still like to do, um, even though I'm nearly forty. It's still fun just to roll a ball. And Ami was being very cute obviously because he's very cute and this woman comes by and she goes ah this is the best like this is the best time like that's the best age and like that's i hear a lot of people say this that like when kids are like really young like this and the in the snuggle zones it's the best age and i mean it's 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 been ecstatic for me lately it feels great but that also makes me think like, so what does that mean for when my kids are eight and, and 12 and 16? Like, is that not, I want it all to be great. Is that, is that an unrealistic, you know, expectation? So I'm just wondering, like, do, do you think about stuff like, oh, that was, it, it, that was great. Um, and it's less great now. How do you think about that when people use that language? I'm probably guilty of saying that those ages were the best age, you know, from time to time. Um mm-hmm. I think that we mourn our children's previous stages throughout their lives. You know, like when they were four, we were mourning babyhood. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. even though there might have been things that were a relief, like not having to change diapers or, you know, um, sleeping through the night, you know, you still miss that sweet little snuggly baby, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel Mm -hmm. like I miss every stage that Naima's been. And yes, though that particularly little and sweet time, this is before they start really challenging you. Mm. You know, like when they step into themselves and they turn seven or eight and, you know, start having, really around eight, you know, they start having these strong opinions and they disagree with you and they mm-hmm. have a bad attitude sometimes. It changes things, you know, yeah. but like, but... I would still say this is a a wonderful time, you know, and that I am delighted to and really enthusiastic about loving and parenting this child. So I don't think that goes away. You know, I think it becomes more trying in certain ways. You know, there's nothing like somebody who's just the the snuggle stage, you could call it, you Mm -hmm. know, the snuggle stage kid. But my kid is still snuggly, you know, like at at nearly she'll be 10 next month. She still gets in my lap. 
You know, like she is a a sweet, snuggly thing. And some of that is, you know, part of her being a a kid who went, who's lived through the COVID era. The ones in her peer group are in a slightly different place developmentally than they would have been, you know. Um, But, but, but I'm enjoying this extended snuggle period, you know, and I I hope it lasts forever. But I know that it's always going to be great loving her. So I I don't think you're going to enjoy parenting less i just think there's going to be something about it that you're going to probably really miss yes beautifully said i think as a as a self-protective measure we forget a lot of the bad stuff right like i think that about childbirth all the time if i had remembered truly (laughs) i may not have had subsequent children and i i think that about a lot of this like it's so easy to look back and see a little kid running down the hall, right, and be like, oh, I wish my kid is different now. They don't, right. they don't do that. And like Jamila said, mourning. I, though, live in fear of spending too much time looking back and thinking about things that have passed. <laughs> and so I constantly need to think about the positive things that are <laughs> that are coming. Yeah. Um, like, I sometimes have a hard time, like, looking back too much, even at pictures or things like that, for fear of being sad. <laughs> Which I know that is like enough to unpack in many, many rounds of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does keep me, like Jamila said, saying like, when they were that age, I felt like, gosh, I can't wait to share these favorite books with them. or I can't wait to share right. this with them. And like, how exciting when he can throw the ball, right? How exciting right. when you can like go play an actual game or like when they all can play a board game or you all can Mm -hmm. actually have a family movie night with a movie you want like all of those have been really enjoyable experiences that we have grown into as well we feel so much better thank you both also there's nothing you can do about it (laughs) time marches on (laughs) time marches on jamila how about your week so I I was going to use this, I think, as my fail last week, and I had another option. But last week, Naima wanted to wear her hair. Like, hair is a constant struggle for us. One, I'm not the best hairdresser, so I don't have, the you know, that arsenal, like, the little girl who has all the different hairstyles and the different braids and the different ponytails and puffs, and I, I'm not that mom I'm just not you know I'm not that I have very basic hairstyles that I can do and we try luckily Naima's stepmother can braid like she braids her hair sometimes like it's great you know but it was you know on me last week to do her hair and I washed it you know which is always traumatic and the next day she wanted to wear it like in a kind of out style you know and I was like, oh, it's not a good idea. You know, it's going to be so tangled. And she's like, please, please, please. And like, she wins. And then she comes home the next day and her hair is so tangled. And she's like, I shouldn't have worn it out. You were right. You know, and I'm like, oh, so we go through this traumatic detangling, you know. And then another day that week, she wanted to wear her hair in a kind of like in a puff, like in a, you know, at the back of her head. You know, which means all the curls are out. Like, I try to keep her hair in some braids, you know. Like, unfortunately, I can't do fancy braids. And she feels like the hairstyles that I do look very childish, you Mm -hmm. know. Like, but it's the best I can do. And it protects her hair, you know. So it doesn't get all tangled. And um, and it still looks very cute. 
she wants the puff. I give in. She gets the puff. The hair is tangled. We go through this again. And so yesterday she came home at, from her dad's house and her stepmother had washed her hair and she put it in a single braid, but like it was like a sleep braid, you know, like, so I got up and tried to, you know, redo the braid this morning and Naeem was all like, it looks horrible. I, you know, she blew it out. I want to wear it. Like she didn't blow it straight, but she blew it out big yeah. or whatever, you know, and she's like, I want to wear it out. And so I gave in and I let her wear it out. And so I'm claiming the fail now. Because when she comes home tonight, we're going to be back at our traumatic hair combing. Mm. And the fact that I've allowed this to happen three times in the week. And on the other hand, I'm like, she deserves to enjoy her hair, you know, and like to wear styles that make her feel She's asking for it. Sometimes I think Naima's going to call the people on me. She goes, (laughs) she gets so upset. Oh, my God. No, I too. Yes. The, so it, you really are paying the price. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the shrieking. There are tears, the shrieking. Yep. It's a whole thing every time. And it's not, I mean, the thing is, like, it's not something she can do herself, right? She's starting to experiment with doing it herself, you know, like braiding it for sleep. Um, she doesn't always get all the tangles out, you know, so I'm, <sighs> her dad was kind of like, well, that's how she'll learn. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> we got to get the tangles out. <laughs> So, um, yeah, but we are working toward that. come out. No, but we're working toward her doing it on her own, which is a good thing. She wants, she would prefer to do it on her own. I just have to make sure it's fully detangled. It's hard, but I think you're doing the right thing. You can still claim it as a fail because it sounds terrible, but. That's fair. That's very fair. Okay. New perspective. New frame. New frame. What about you, Elizabeth? I don't know if I'm taking a triumph or a fail, but. Guys, Thursday was like just a day, and I cried in the pantry at least once. I cried in my closet at least Mm. once. Thursdays are kind of a mess because like all three go to occupational therapy in the morning, and then we, my friend Michaela and I like have them run through music class. Teddy has to leave again for speech therapy, and so it's it's a lot of moving pieces, and we've tried to do it other ways, and it really doesn't work, so we're kind of stuck with this schedule. And then Teddy was just a complete pill. We got to speech therapy. And um, as a backstory, Henry's really into magic. So we've been watching a lot of like Penn and Teller. Well, at speech therapy, Teddy decided to be Teller, which in case you don't know, is the silent magician. And so decided to like sign to the speech therapist. And I honestly just said to her, I'm so sorry. I I don't know what to do. (laughs) He has to go with you. And you're going to have to figure this out because I don't know what to do. Apparently... She worked her magic, and he did, like, make just the letter sounds, nothing. He signed everything else. Wow. I get back to the house after all of this, and Michaela has everyone working, but, like, two of the kids are crying about things that are just—we we don't even know, right? They're not crying about the work. They're just, like— upset i just start like cleaning i get really warm i mean it's cold here in colorado i get really warm and i like strip down to my tank top and michaela looks at me and says i think you're dysregulated i think you should go for a walk <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh i am like i am yeah. i am just completely dysregulated from the day i am incapable of of handling like any of this, Michaela took all the kids outside. It was cold. She was just like outside. And um, we took a little walk. She kind of kept an eye on the kids. I walked back down the street by myself. Yeah. We regrouped. She left with her kids. And I just thought, thank goodness I like have this friend who's willing to be like, 
you are a mess. Yep. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you know, uh, I cried like three more times that day. Like for no, just like complete overwhelming with the parenting stuff. And then when you're in that like dysregulated place, you know, I start thinking like, well, I'm not doing enough for Oliver's writing. I'm not doing enough for Henry's math. Like they're net, like I just can mm. get into that you cycle, yeah. but I survived the day and, and the weekend was better. That's legit. And I'm really happy that you have Michaela and Elizabeth. Have you done the date that we talked about you doing your solo date? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's probably why you I'm having to. a break. It's time. It's okay. definitely time. It's so important, Elizabeth. You have to just do it. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to take my day. I'm going to report back next week that I did something. Yes. Just two hours on my own. It's going to happen. So on that note, we're all going to take a quick break. (laughs) It won't be two hours, though. Uh, We'll see you back here for our listener question. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it's time for our question, which is being read as always by the fantastic Shasha Leonard. Dear mom and dad, we have a six-year-old son and a three-year-old son. Our six-year-old was homeschooled last year, but loves school this year. His teacher constantly gives him great reviews for his behavior and enthusiasm for learning. Unfortunately, our difficulties begin when he gets home from school. Our two boys cannot seem to coexist for more than a couple of minutes before they start arguing and fighting. I cannot step away for a few minutes without having to come back to intervene. It's so difficult some days. My wife and I take one each just to keep them separated. But typically, they both want to be with their mom, and she's usually preoccupied. 
our six-year-old does not seem to have much patience with his younger brother. He gets frustrated when his brother can't play like his classmates. I've tried to explain that they're not in the same place developmentally, and he needs to adjust his expectations. To be fair, his younger brother will tantrum, lash out, and make impossible demands of his big brother, all of which provoke and can lead to their clashes. I wonder if part of this stems from my six-year-old being tired after school, and I tried to encourage some alone time to recharge, but he usually refuses. I've also tried to encourage separate play and invite one to help me in the kitchen. Both suggestions get refused. They're only better when I'm there to referee, but I need to get the household chores done. How can we get through the difficult hours between after school and dinner? When they play well together, it's such a joy, but that's so rare these days. Thanks. Love the show and appreciate the fails that make me feel like a normal parent. Best regards, a dad struggling after school. I feel you, dad. Thanks for writing in. Um, I've got a couple things and then I definitely want to hear what you two have to say. So you're making these suggestions. You're suggesting that they do some separate play. Um, you're suggesting that one of them comes into the kitchen with you. These are good ideas, but I wonder if the suggestions need to be more coming to the kitchen with me, imposing some order and not letting them just totally dictate where they're going to be and what they're going to be doing there. So actually making some kind of routine like older boy, you're baking cookies with me, pal. Um, and your brother is going to go play, uh, you know, ball with mom. That's what's going to happen. You don't have to be a fascist about it. You can make it fun, but actually like coming up with this plan, talking to them before, like, okay, tomorrow when you come home from school, we're going to actually do this new thing. It's going to be fun. You're going to do this. We're going to do that. So that's one suggestion. Another thing, this is just a reminder, and I know you know this, but it's not going to always be like this. Your three-year-old is going to mature and they're going to be able to like enjoy the same thing together. But this is just a tough age where a six-year-old is really advanced in a lot of ways, uh, in ways that, that the three-year-old isn't. So there is going to be some dissonance in just what they're excited about and what they get into. So this is temporary. And then another thing, and I feel you big time on this, like the chores need to get done, but like leave the chores for now. The dishes are going to get washed. The floor is going to get swept. But for now, at least for like the first half hour when kids get home from school, if you're fortunate enough to where it sounds like you're both there, get in there with your wife and your kids where it might work out where the four of you can be together. But if not, like leave the chores and do something and actually just focus on them for a little while. Let them know how much you love them. I'm sure you do that already. See what that does. So those are my two initial suggestions. But I know that um, you're trying really hard, it sounds like. And this, this certainly is a struggle. I definitely want to reiterate the part about reimagining your approach to encouraging them to do other things. And like, <laughs> I was giggling because I was like, suggestions? <laughs> these aren't suggestions. These are rules. This is what we do. This is our routine, you know, um, and play with your routine. Don't commit yourself to something before, you know, you've seen some success with it. But like, Give something a try. Like you said, older one comes and helps with cooking or has to have some quiet reading time or quiet play with toys time, you know, but like he does need time to decompress coming from school. Like he does need 
to relax a little bit um, and jumping right into his already wild relationship with his brother is not the best way for him to decompress coming from school. So let him sit down with the book. Um, if they get screen time, this is a good time to use it. You know, don't save it for later in the day. Like, let him get it out the way now. I was going to push back, Zach. I was like, I wonder push. if, like, that, not push back entirely, but when you said just kind of like, you know, the chores will be there, I wonder if this is the time at which he has to complete them, you know? Because, like, if his yeah. wife is preoccupied, it, it may be that this is, you know, yeah, maybe part he works of, nights or something. Yeah, or yeah. something. So, you know, if there are chores that you can put aside, of course, put them aside. But if you can't, the kids just have to do what you've asked them to do. And that's simply that, you know, or there's no ice cream. But they don't get to decide how they're going to spend their afternoons. I'm going to triple endorse the you are in charge, not the... <laughs> Like, you, I, I just think kids are such bad decision makers at this time of the day that they're they're never going to choose the quiet time, right? They're, like, hopped up from school, and there's a lot going on, and I think they can sense the, like, kind of the chaos of the situation. And, and not that they're trying to bring chaos, but kids tend to kind of run wild with that. You know, like, what can I get away with? Can I get this? Uh I think any kind of routine here that you can set up, be it that these are the same things that happen, so you do a rotation. Um, I think you can still, if you're big on giving choice, you can still give choice. You know, do you want to help me sweep the floor or make dinner? That is a choice. Do you want to play with the magnetiles or listen to an audiobook, right. you know, while you play Legos? There are those choices. Yeah. But no kid is ever going to choose quiet time, in my experience. Um, yeah. I think particularly if you want this independent play, I've talked about this before, you're going to have to give five minutes or so to get them into the play, particularly at these ages. So if you can schedule into kind of your mental thing, like when they come home, you know, maybe you go spend 10 minutes sitting with your six-year-old in his room. How was your day? Having that conversation. And it ends with a nice, like, do you want me to turn on an audiobook? Do you want me to do this? And I'll see you in 10 minutes, right? Like, I think those routines can cue the next thing or at this time we're going to do this next thing and i think your chores can be built into that and they can include the kids i mean assign the kids something they have to do even if it's only semi helpful if everything is just a mess use the screens man this is such a great time to just say we watch this one show right now when you get home or we listen to this one podcast episode and everybody draws right like i i think there are ways that you can just say this is what's gonna happen yeah and i wonder if this is um pie in the sky but it might be empowering to have a conversation with your older boy not at this time but when he's calm maybe before bed or pick a good time and and kind of talk about problem solving with him like i notice you know after school it's pretty hard like what what would make it better for you and so you're giving them some mm -hmm. agency empowering them somehow to problem solve might be worth a shot jamila what does naima do right after school well, Naima is in an after-school program this year um, for the first time since first grade. Um, so we usually get home around between like 5.30 and 6, and we do dinner at 7. So like if she has homework to finish, she'll do that. Otherwise, like lately we've been playing board games. I used to kind of allow, you know, her to get into her screen and like I would do my own thing when we get home. But the way I do it now is that we start off having time together you know, I usually make dinner before she comes home. So I just have to heat it up and stuff when it's time to eat. So focusing that time, I think that's a good, like, she knows she's going to get that time with you. Yeah. 
yeah, one way or another. Mm -hmm. That's so nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's a tough time for everyone, though. Totally. Yeah. Struggling dad, good luck. (laughs) We we definitely want to know what's working, what's not working, what else are you trying. I'm sure people out there, though, if you're listening, you definitely have ideas. We'd love to hear what you're doing with your kids after school or how you're, you know, handling this same squabbling issue at your house. So please leave us a voice memo. Send us an email. Of course, it's momanddad at slate.com. You can also send us questions of your own. Seriously, we are here to help and we genuinely want to know what you want to hear us talk about. No question is too big or too small. It's not too weird. So please send them in. Again, you can email us at slate.com. And that's it for our show. We'll be back in your feed on Monday. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll never miss an episode. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. For Jamila Lemieux and Zach Rosen, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.